We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, you're not worried about the backlash at all. Look at all the Gucci bags. Oh, man, I'm living life, man. Right. I'm living life. Because you know, you know, people like T.I., Soldier Boy, they're done with Gucci. They said All I got to say is this. I don't follow Right. I do what I want to do, when I want to, and how I want to. I love and like everybody. Right, right. You said they're going to be upset with me? Right, they are. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love, love it. it. I don't... See, the thing is this. I live for myself. Right. I live for oh, myself. Right. I do what I want to do, when I want to, and how I want to. Right. I'm not a follower. You know, when everybody else, they say, oh, they, everybody going to boycott. I say, guess what? Well, this boy going to get on a yacht and live life. Right, right, right. But you don't feel that they were disrespectful making the, the, the balakavla? Blackface. My thing is this. We all know racism still exists. But that's not going to stop my drive. And to me, of course, black lives matter first. But my thing is this. I'm going to continue to go out there, live life, and be happy, and be positive. Okay. I wear what I want to wear when I want to and how I want to. Nobody can stop my drive, but nobody's going to tell me what to wear and what not to wear. Before you guys listen to another episode of The Corner Podcast, make sure you guys show your support for the show by clicking on patreon.com slash thecornerpodcast and showing support for both Andreas and myself. We're trying to bring you guys exclusive content for the new year. That means exclusive shows, guest interviews, fan appreciation episodes, a little bit of everything on a weekly basis. And the way you get that is by signing up on patreon.com slash the corner podcast. There's different tiers, whether you guys want to donate $5, $10, or $15 a month, you guys get exclusive content and access to us, yes, both Andres and I, every single week. And this way we can bring you guys the stuff that you want, such as merch, live shows, and even bigger episodes of The Corner Podcast in 2019. Thank you guys for your support. Now let's get into this week's show. 
We're here. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. A little older today. Uh, happy birthday or belated birthday now, old man Andreas. What did you end up doing for your birthday? Uh, nothing. I worked and uh, we made an announcement for the Joshua fight, so that that kept me tied to my desk. And then uh, the wife took me to a dope restaurant. I had a steak, too much to drink, and I went to sleep. Oh, I had a cake and I went to sleep. That was yeah. Rough. That's the epitome of being an old man. Yeah, yeah. I just I just enjoyed a good steak and that that was it. Had a lot to drink and I was like, all right, well that's a wrap. <laughs> you don't even take your birthday off, like you you actively work on your birthday. Yeah, I don't think for the past. I can't remember the last time I had a day off for my birthday. I can't remember anything that I did. I think. One year, I was in Houston shooting the Paul George documentary on my birthday, so I didn't even remember it was my birthday until, like, the next day because I was running around with him. Um, one year, I was, like, doing magic convention stuff. One year, like, I don't think I've ever had a birthday where it was just free and clear. So That's crazy. But when we started this podcast, you didn't even take off days regardless. Like, you weren't vacationing, nothing like that. I think at one point you worked like three years straight. Yeah, I mean, I was like a... And then I was like what you, you slowed call, down. Yeah, I was like what you call a full-time freelancer. Like, I always was working. Um, somehow I've managed to, like... I, I'll be hearing horror stories about people who freelance and the horror stories I had. I never struggled as a 1099 employee. Like, I've had so many different streams of revenue that I never really struggled. So I was always working, but then I just get up and go. Like, I cruise, like, every year... At, or not even around the same time. I just get up and go. I used to call Shay from Two Dope Boys. Like, what are you doing? Let's go on a cruise. He get his lady. I get my wife. We get on a boat. And it's like, <laughs> so it, it was not no. It was not any real full time. Like I hadn't worked a real full time job, like a real job, since like BT. Like everything else was. I was an independent contractor. Like I had contracts with Life and Times. I had contracts with AOL, with Champions. I was a full time employee there. But, like, everything else, I was an independent contractor, so I kind of called my own shots. So Yeah, that's that. bananas. And then now you're corporate Dre. Yeah, um, I am corporate that, Dre. Like, that's that growth. If I wanted to take yesterday off, yeah, if I wanted to take yesterday off, I couldn't because we have Bellator this weekend, and then it was like they had the bright idea, like Anthony Joshua woke up. Well, not even woke up. It was the afternoon. He was like, I'm announcing the fight today. We were like, oh, shit. So everybody's scrambling because you can't tell him not to do anything. So he was like, I'm about to go on my YouTube and post this shit. And we're like, fuck. All right, well, we got to hurry up and get this story out there and deal with that, that shit with Big Baby because we knew we had the fight. We knew the fight was happening. So all those reports that Coppinger was having, they were right. They just, the dates were wrong. And like the hangups and, and some of the other things, but it is June 1st, Master Square Garden. And that's, I had to work. Like my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, working. We just made an announcement at like seven in the morning. I got to run to my desk. So there's that. All right, birthday stuff behind us, now that we all know you're an older man. Something else that makes you feel old, so far gone turned 10 today. So it's the same age pretty much of my son, it, to put Damn. things in perspective. Yeah, yeah, and that's my youngest child, so that makes me feel old. 
So, so far gone, though, is like the soundtrack to my college years. You were a grown-ass man when this came out, So Far Gone. What were your memories? Because I know you were like knee-deep in the hip-hop game. Yeah, if anybody saw my social media yesterday, me and uh, Low Key, uh, we both worked at uh, BET at that time. Um, and it was 2000, between 2008, 2009 was the blog boom. So Shake and Mecca for two old boys who were like my guys were, you know, were running the blog scene, Escape from Nah Right, Miss Info, like all of us was, was in some way, shape or form connected, right? And this is before like Kendrick Pop, this is before Drake Pop. So I, I remember, because I remember the mixtape, um, and I was like, I was intrigued because I knew he was dropping a project. So me, Shake, and Mecca were on AIM. And Shake was, because Shake was prepping the post, because the, the mixtape was dropping, it was supposed to drop at midnight, but it was like, if anybody remembers, because I think 95% of people originally got it from Two Dope Boys, because they were legit, them and Not Right were the first two places to have it. Maybe on Smash, my man, half a spot. I remember being in an AIM chat and talking about this project coming out, waiting for the green light, because Drake was literally recording the shit the day that it dropped. He was cleaning <laughs> up vocals the day that it dropped, and he was sending pictures. Not to me, I remember Shake was getting them. And he was sending pictures of him and, like, Omarion, like, still recording, and we was like, what the fuck? Is this shit coming out? I'm in my office at BET. It's my birthday. And I'm like, I forgot what I was doing. I, I don't even know why I was there. But we were waiting for it to drop, and then the buzz just got so ridiculous. Because I was intrigued, because I just thought the kid was dope. And the first time I heard Drake was through Ninth Wonder and Fonte. Because those are my guys. And they sent me a song, Don't You Got a Man, with Dwelle on it. And they was like, yeah, this kid Drake, he was on Degrassi. Now, this is like before <laughs> Beats. This is like, I was still a hip-hop DX. I, this might have been like, this is around room for improvement maybe a little bit before um and then shortly after that think good thoughts came out if anybody remembers that with drake elzai and ninth wonder on that beat that i heard that song that's what got me intrigued on drake fast forward so drake was always like a little brother jay dilla fan so he was always on two dope boys so i got the mixtape through shake on aim Maybe an hour before, maybe maybe not maybe less than an hour, maybe like thirty minutes before they put the post up, and the shit broke the internet. It was one of those things where two dope that had it crashed. I two I remember two instances that happened: Drake so far gone, and J Cole's Friday Night Lights destroyed the internet that day. Um, but I had it, so while everybody else was scrambling to get it, I'm like, I already got it. So I'm playing it at ignorant volumes because I was like, I just need to hear this shit. Now I remember going, I remember the first time I heard Uptown because that was my joint. And I was like, holy shit. You know, you have Bun B on there, Wayne, he had the Elton John sample. I, it was done. I, it was done, man. It, like, it was, I knew that, sh that kid was a fucking star. The, first, when I, the moment I heard so far gone. I, I played it on a loop at ignorant levels all day out of my office because I had a closed door. So I opened my door. And I just played it crazy loud. So everybody was like, what is that? What is that? And I was like, it's this kid, Drake. It's fucking dope. Da, da, da. And he's like, this is his project. Um, what are we going to do? do whoop, do whoop. My homegirl, Whitney, worked at MTV. I hit her. And I was like, I need to find Drake's manager. Because Shake and, and Mecca didn't know how to get in contact with him direct. And I was like, yo, I got his manager. 
information. I contacted his manager. I was like, yo, this mixtape is fine. And I'm pretty sure that night he was going to a Joe Bun concert. Little nugget for you, Kevin, because I know you love Joe. He was <laughs> Drake was going to a Bun concert that night. So he was in town. So I was like, yo, I need I got in contact with his manager. I was like, I need him to come by the BET office because I want to do something with him before he's super but like I know it's over, but let's get him on the corporate level and you know the network level before he blows up. Manager hit me back, like, cool, what they, you know, we're trying to arrange something with 106 Apart um, to come on with Trey Songs and do successful and drop the video, but we'll come through and hang out with you beforehand. It's like, word, told my boss. Anybody been listening to this podcast knows my boss was a dickhead. <laughs> I told my boss, I was like, yo, I'm gonna have Drake come through. My boss said, no, fuck that. Nobody knows who he is. You need to stay on Gucci Man Death Watch, because that was a thing, because Gucci Man died every week. And you need to do that <laughs> and don't focus on these rappers that nobody knows because at that time for me it was J-Rock who was bringing Kendrick Wale Kid Cudi Pac Div um, who else used to swing by the office it wasn't Miguel but one of one of Miguel's homeboys um, Nikki yeah Nikki of course These were this was my roster of people I was trying to put on and my boss said no to Drake. That, that, was, that was like the beginning of the end for me at BET. Like, when she told me no, I was like, are you listening to this shit? Are you listening to this shit? This is, like, it broke in there. She's like, don't nobody give no fuck about no underground. And that's how she talked. Like, I'm not <laughs> don't nobody give a fuck about no underground rappers. Like, don't nobody know him. The internet. Like, she was dumb as fuck. And I was just like, yo. And I hit Why him. Why she gotta like, sound ratchet, though? Because she was. <laughs> Yo, my boss was ratchet. My boss was like, look, I'm not going to put all the business out there. But those who know, <laughs> know. Like, my boss was ratchet as shit. But she she was one of those industry people from the old industry. Like, you had to be at a major label to be recognized. Like, she hung out with, yeah. like, Russell Simmons. That was, like, her best friend. So it was like, I said somebody on the internet was popping. She was like, is he getting playing on the radio? I was like, no, but this best I ever had song. She's like, fuck that. No. Focus on something else. And then when he dropped the video, she was probably all over it. Like 106 no, apart. Like she wasn't. She really wasn't. And that was like once she had her mind, like it wasn't until after. Because if anybody remembers, like after I left BET is when Drake ended up at the uh the BET Awards or the Hip Hop Awards. And he had hurt himself when he fell off the fell on that stage when he tore his like ACL, if anybody remembers that shit. So he performed at the BET Awards. Actually, I was still there now that I think about it. Performed at the BET Awards. Um, every girl with Lil Wayne sitting on a stool and his performance consisted of little girls dancing around. Now, if you know the lyrics of every girl, I just want to fuck every girl in the world, didn't kind of work with the little <laughs> girls dancing around him. It felt mad R. Kelly-ish. And it was, just, it was terrible. Look. It was a terrible look for him. Terrible look for him. But I was there that entire time watching this shit transpire. MTV took the ball and ran with it. Like my homegirl Whitney was like, well, if y'all ain't gonna fuck with it, we on it. Cause she was already on it. Whitney now works at like some, I can't even remember where she works at, but she was she was like the head of talent at MTV. And it was like we had lunch and we was talking about this. She was like, Your boss is dumb as fuck. <laughs> he's like Drake is taking off. But that that was it. So far gone that night. I won't forget it because I know the internet changed for Shake and Mecca, like two dope boys went through the roof is like a destination for everybody. Um and yeah, like that mixtape, I mean, it, it legitimately changed the game. Everything changed about how hip hop was consumed 
everything changed about how people were making music because of Drake. Drake changed a lot of shit. Like him or not. Yeah, I mean, when it first came out, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't the biggest fan of Drake. I didn't hear it when it first came out. Like, I wasn't rushing to the internet to go and listen to it. I didn't listen to it for a dumb long time. Six to nine months, well into college. Everyone else thought he was dope. I thought he was a cornball. And to be fair, he looked like a cornball. So, I mean, looks could be deceiving. Don't judge a book by its cover. And I know once I listened to it, Uptown is one of the songs that caught me right away. And then as time went on and I went back, I started liking the, you know, him singing and uh, the joint with him and Lloyd, I think it was. Um, it's super dope on there. So, yeah, there's mad tracks I like on there now. And it, it's crazy because, yeah, it wasn't on the wave right away. But no matter what, when I first met you, you're like, yo, I've always been a fan of Drake. Yeah, I've always liked that dude. And then I told you it was just from, for me, from the beginning, it was because I knew where his influences were. Like, I knew he came from money from being on Degrassi. And I knew he was dropping this project. But then I was like, yo, I had to go back. Because I remember I was texting, like, Big Pooh. And I was like, and Fonte, I was like, yo, this that same motherfucker? And he was like, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Drake paid them. Damn, I don't know if I'm putting their business out there. Like, Drake paid and was like, I need a beat. And I want Fonte, who's my favorite rapper. And Elzai. And for whatever reason, there was a, I think, might have been the Room for Improvement mixtape that the short version of that song um, um, came out without Elzai's verse and had like a, uh, they want to say a Patty, a Patty LaBelle, no, not Patty. I can't remember what the sample was. Now I can't think. But I remember it didn't get cleared. And then, like, I was like, it's the same dude. Like, his influences were crazy. And I was like, well, damn. Like, if he's a fan of Fonte, like, I, that's little brother. Those are my guys. Like, that's one of my favorite groups all the time. So I was on that. And then, the, like, the stuff that he was, like, the mixtape was different than that EP that came out because, like, none of that shit got cleared, obviously. Like, you know, his uh, his his reinterpretation of a little bit, um, Unstoppable, yeah. Sandy Gold Joint, like, everything on the mixtape, which actually is going to be on streaming services Thursday. Oh, uh, I guess he got all that shit cleared. Did the like, Kanye joint clear? Yeah, it did. That's that's surprised. I, I mean, I believe that it did. I, I don't like. We'll see when it comes back out if there's any changes to it because I know like Wiz Khalifa was cushion OJ. There was some changes to some production on there, but like I was I was on that wave and like like low Loki was just like he used to call him Thumb. He was like because he looks like a thumb. That's what he said. The color of his thumb. And he called Drake <laughs> Thumb. He wasn't on the wave either. Like we were, we were, we would walk places. Like I think he had a big show at SOBs. I had to end up. I couldn't go. I remember Kaz was there and a bunch of other people were there, but I had to work and I could. It was one show I couldn't make it to for whatever fucking reason. And and I remember Low was just like, ah, we missing Thumb Show, no big deal. And then we found out how many people went to that shit. And like nobody could get in. And like like off of a fucking mixtape. Like yep. this was like, this is like G Unit levels of like fandom. Like people were going nuts. But the thing about Drake. That was different than like G Unit because when G Unit when 50 first came out, there was no candy shop 50 Cent. It was everything was hard, right? Like yeah. everything like straight for the dudes. Like I remember went to my first Auto How concert uh, when they first got together and the crowd was nothing but dudes. Drake on the other hand had the women and the men from the jump, and I knew it was over at that point. Like when you have both of those audiences, you're able to put like melodies and harmonies in your shit, but you can still rap. You win, and you fucking won. 
And here we yeah, are. Yeah, it's one hell of a formula. Yeah, it's crazy. Where does this rank on Drake's all-time projects? Because at this point, I, I, see, I see people in, on Twitter, they were talking about it yesterday. It's obviously a classic. That, yeah. That's undeniable. But to me, I still think it's probably his best project. Thank Me Later was dope, but I, I still put this probably as number one. This is better than Thank Me Later. Um, nothing was the same, I, I believe, is my, I feel like it's Drake's most complete body of work, in my, my humble opinion. Um, but the So Far Gone mixtape, like, it set it off. I mean, it was dope. I just think Drake really found himself on Nothing Was. Like, some people really like Take Care, and I think Take Care is dope. But Nothing Was the Same probably has the best three-track introduction in recent memory. Like, the first three songs with further... Is that Wu-Tang Forever? Yeah, but that and that that's like that's like in the middle of the album somewhere. But furthest thing, um, the the Whitney Houston sample, like Drake was in his bag on nothing was the same. But so far gone was just, it, it, I mean, it was his arrival, and few arrive like that. You know what I'm saying? Like few really burst on the scene. And you're like, oh shit, okay, So it's a classic. But I, I say either one or two because I'm very partial. Nothing was nothing was the same. Yeah, not that I'm looking at it, nothing was the same. Tuscan leather was just yeah, incredible for an intro. Jesus. And then like, I mean, <laughs> you yeah, go this is tough. Pound cake, like man, like he. I mean, he has amigos on there with language. Yeah, like, worst behavior. I, I mean, worst behavior. I remember first time hearing that shit. I was like, oh fuck. Like a lot of people say Drake doesn't have a classic. There's always that argument that Drake doesn't have a classic. He does. He does. No, and, he's, this would put him at two classics. I'll give you that. Because yeah. Paris Morton music was on here. I'm telling you, man. Like, he was, like, again, and, and this is a whole other argument that we can dive into some other time. And B-Dot, I love B-Dot over there, Rap Radar, in the title. I love him. He has Drake in his top ten rappers of all time. I think that's asinine. But <laughs> he makes a good point about classics. He also had Kanye at four, by the way. Yeah, I don't like you're fucking nuts. And I, man, B Dot's my guy. B Dot's been in the game probably just as long as me. But Drake, he, he makes a very valid point. Like, a classic album is, does not necessarily have to be a perfect album. Like, there can be flaws on a classic album. Yeah. Right? And I think, I think that's a very good point because I think So Far Gone is not perfect. There, no. are, there are moments that, you know, they're like, all right, this, there are songs that you may or may not skip. Like, I don't need us, like, Illmatic was phenomenal, but sometimes I skip over halftime for whatever reason. Maybe oh, it's you're just bugging. Not no, <laughs> just the case. It's not because it's not my favorite song. It's because I just want to get to the next fucking song. Like, Gosh. that's... Like, I, I think Illmatic is flawless. Uh, yeah, but it's not It's probably perfect. the most perfect. I don't think any album is perfect. Yeah, because it's concise. It was, it was to the point, and it gave you... And then you had your favorite tracks. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, The World Is Yours was like my shit and then it would change and i'll be like all right new york state and on today that was my shit so far gone like i have tracks that i like uptown i feel like is a almost a perfect like successful i'm like these are like perfect fucking songs but there are moments where it's just like all right i'm gonna skip this song or even though nothing was the same there's a certain point in the album where i'm just like all right cool let me get back to worst behavior but it's to me it's still a classic album because the impact that it had on the game at the time and it was just good fucking music so yeah, Drake has arguably two classics. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. 
I'd give you Drake with the two classics and a couple possibles. He has some really good albums outside of those, but yeah, two classics and all within 10 years, which is crazy. I mean, that's one hell of a run to last 10 years at the top or as one of the top in anything is hard to do. And I mean, I think he's my age. I, I think maybe he's a little older than me. He's like 32, 33. So yeah, he, yeah, I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. No, I mean, my only knock on Drake is his last couple albums could have been better. Like Scorpion, like Views, I think was his low point. Um, more Life was good, but it played more like a playlist. And Scorpion yeah. was just too bloated. But it's just Drake's catalog. I mean, overall, like he's had a very significant impact on music. Like Vida said another crazy thing that, that Drake is a better rapper than Kendrick, and I was like, that's stupid. But mm-hmm. I, I know I know the point he was trying to make. He was like, Oh, well, people use his lines as Instagram captions and like when the shit drops. But it's like that doesn't make him a better rapper, all right? Like no. But Drake, I mean, I I want him to get back and, and drop an album that's just and I don't need I don't need it to be just rapping. I'm not one of those guys. But I need it to be a more concise effort and, and cut the fat. Like there's a lot of fat on his last few projects. But he might be a better artist overall body of work. If you put impact and all that, like it, it's so weird because he's nowhere near the rapper Kendrick is. Now that I'm thinking about it, but that's like when people say who's better, Biggie or Pac. Pac's a like he's a great artist, so he is obviously up there with Big. But as a rapper, as a lyricist, he's nowhere near Biggie. No, but, you know, and it, that argument's always interesting because it's like, you know, what do you prefer? And a lot of people look at Tupac and they think of All Eyes On Me, Tupac. That wasn't my favorite version of Tupac. My favorite version of Tupac was Me Against the World Tupac before he signed the Death Row. Okay. He was a different rapper. But some people look at the passion on Tupac versus the straight rhymes of Biggie. Look, Biggie, hands down, one of the greatest of all time. Two albums a night. Nobody could rap like that motherfucker, period. And Tupac couldn't out-rap Biggie. But, um, yeah, it's like if you want to make the argument about Drake, I mean, I don't, I don't think Drake's got better music than Kendrick. Like, Kendrick has straight-up classics back-to-back-to-back. Drake hasn't had that yet, and he's had a lot of fluff. But he's still up there. Like, we're in an interesting time with Drake, J. Cole, and uh, Kendrick. That trinity is pretty fucking solid. Like of three of the, we have three of arguably the great rappers that are around thirty years old running the game right now. Yeah, you can't beat that. Nah, all in their prime, can't can't beat it. Um, before we get to combat sports, I, I want to take you know a, a toe into the combat sports realm and something. I, as soon as I saw it earlier in the week, I had to send to you, and that was Floyd Mayweather was on TMZ, his favorite place. <laughs> and he was talking outside of a Gucci store. He had just went shopping, bought mad bags. You know, he was doing the usual money Mayweather thing. And they asked him, like, people are boycotting Gucci because of the the blackface, I guess, turtleneck. I don't know what the hell to call that shit. It was like a turtleneck mask yeah. T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, we can agree that shit was stupid. They can't even play ignorant. No. But Mayweather came out and said, you know what? He's beyond boycotting stuff. He has love for everyone. Uh, He went into some spiel that, yes, black lives matter first, but I'm an all lives matter guy. Like some stupid shit. 
And pretty much it boiled down to I'm Floyd Mayweather. I worry about Floyd Mayweather. And that was his speech. Do you think not sticking up for these issues ultimately hurts the legacy of Floyd Mayweather? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think it's like without a fucking doubt. Like, but it didn't hurt Jordan, right? It did in a different way. Like, I think when it's all said and done, I think there's a difference because Jordan changed the game, period, right? Jordan was a douche. But when it came to that man on the court and buying his sneaker, like Jordan changed the game, the commercials. Floyd hasn't had that kind of impact on boxing. He's had an impact for himself, right, which is like a self-contained impact. Like a lot of people, because of the, the way he went about his uh his later years in his fighting career, a lot of people won't say he's the greatest of all time. Like Jordan is like undeniably like the greatest of all time. We can argue about LeBron, and we can put Kobe in this conversation. We can talk about Elgin Baylor. But Jordan's the greatest of all time. On that yeah. on that fucking court, it's undeniable. There is a doubt when it comes to Floyd Mayweather. Now you compound that with the fact that he doesn't give a fuck about the people. Like what made <laughs> Muhammad Ali great was Muhammad Ali outside the ring. He wasn't just the GOAT inside of the ring. He was the GOAT outside of the ring. And everything, the sacrifices that he made, everything that he did, and coming back against Foreman, like, Ali's the greatest. Floyd Mayweather has had an opportunity to elevate himself, like LeBron has recently done. LeBron has elevated himself, where he will probably be more revered by the people than Jordan when it's all said and done. He may not be a better player, like Ali's maybe not a better boxer than Sugar Ray Robinson, but he'll always be remembered as the GOAT. Floyd Mayweather's doing himself no favors with this because he's fucking rich. And I give him credit for being rich, but whoever asked him this dumbass question, and, I, and it's only dumb because you know what the answer's gonna be. Because if, if Floyd was telling Colin Kaepernick to stand up and not take a knee, do you think he really cares about fucking blackface on Gucci? Do you think he really cares about black people? He, he, he says he cares about black people, which was surprising to me because he at least Man. aligned a little bit. But no, yeah, he's listen, he's not going to cut off something that's part of his extravagant lifestyle. It it reminds me of what I, I saw when they came out with that OJ documentary, where you get to a place where you're like, yo, I'm I'm not black, I'm OJ. Yeah. And I think Floyd reached that place long ago where he was like, I'm he he doesn't attach himself to any race. He just thinks he's rich. And I'm like, man, no, you you're rich. You're damn you're wealthy at this point. Your kids are taken care of. You gotta do some real dumb shit and go full Mike Tyson for your kids' kids not to be taken care of. But even then. Someone cuts your checks. Yeah. And those people aren't black. So you need to at least open your eyes to that to that scenario. And he doesn't. It's like he's printing the money. Doc, he doesn't care, man. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. When OJ said I'm not black, I'm OJ. Kanye's reached that level too now. He's not black. He's Kanye. Floyd yeah. is there like floyd but see floyd has been there and i don't want to take too much time you know story times with dre takes a while sometimes but <laughs> there was a situation before he floyd fought oscar de la hoya where i he was at a convention i can't remember what it was for 
And it was him and Bob Arum on the same panel. And Floyd had recently spit, split from Bob Arum. Like, he had just bought himself out of his contract. And Don King was there, too. And I can't remember who else was on this panel. Floyd called Bob Arum blatantly a racist. He's like, <laughs> you don't promote me because I'm black. And this is like 2006, something like that. 2007. And, he, and they had this argument. And I wish there were, like, camera phones there because there was proof of this shit. But no, I guess nobody, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but I was there. Fast forward to after he beat De La Hoya, he was getting ready to fight Ricky Hatton. And it was the first fight I ever covered was the Mayweather-Hatton fight. And I had Floyd to myself. I had an interview with him. And I asked him about race and boxing. And he acted like the shit never happened. Like, he looked at me and was just like, I didn't say that. I'm like, yeah, you did. Like, motherfucker, I was there. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. You, you, I think, I, he was like, like I said before, because Floyd always says that when he gets pushed into a corner. Like I said before. Like I said before, it ain't about race. It's about money. And I was like, no, man. You said you weren't getting pushed because you were a black boxer and Bob Aaron treats black boxers poorly. I didn't say that. Like I said before, and I was like, fuck. That Just was the moment right I knew. back on it. Yeah, and that was the moment I was like, yo, he's never going, because he's reaching, because after the De La Hoya fight, he was, that's, that was his break. He was super rich. After that point, he was, not, he was not dealing with race in the sport anymore, unless it pertained directly to him. Unless it was like some shit, like it wouldn't be Black Lives Matter unless Floyd Mayweather was pulled over and beat up by the police. And even <laughs> then, Floyd might still say those cops' lives matter because he doesn't want to disrupt the foundation of this the society and the people that pay him. Muhammad Ali didn't give a fuck. So short, short answer from a long story, Floyd's legacy has been damaged for years. He has no allegiance with the African-American community. Not like that. You will never hear of great activists speak highly of Floyd Mayweather. Great businessman, but great individual who stands up for us. He's not Colin Kaepernick. You don't no. have to be, you don't have to be the greatest on field or on the court to be the GOAT to a lot of people. He's not that. And because his, his legacy is there are questions surrounding who he fought and when he fought them, he's, he's damaged his legacy all the time. And when we see shit like this, that's why we laugh. Like, fuck that guy. Yeah, it's hard to even take him seriously after you see shit like this. But Floyd is going to be Floyd, man. Um, a Floyd fighter, money team fighter, who I happen to like a lot, and we'll see where his career goes. Javante Tank Davis fought last weekend um he had you know relate late replacement and far as an opponent a little bit of trouble on the scales had to weigh in twice i i guess they said he just was weighing in on an unofficial scale upstairs so he came down it was a little overweight he cut it real quick but on fight night you never know stepped in there and put in work one hell of a performance by tank he main evented for the first time and he looked like a future star amongst a division now that, that has a ton of future stars. You go from 126 up to 135, you close your eyes and point on any given weekend and find a, a fighter with star potential. That shit is stacked. And now where does he go? Well, first, tell me what you thought of the performance, because I, I was impressed from the opening bell, and it didn't last long. I mean, I didn't expect him to. He fought a guy who was moving up in weight, who had just, Hugo Ruiz just fought on the Broner Pacquiao card. Just fought a 12 round fight on Broner Pacquiao. So it wasn't surprising the tank won. But I was still impressed in how he took care of business. 
He could have went in there and said, you know what? He's going to have to do this eventually. He just didn't have to do this on this night. He could have went in there and said, you know, I need to get some rounds in. He could have done that. But he didn't. He was like, nah, fuck this. I, I ain't got time for the bullshit. I'm going to get rid of this guy and keep it pushing. Man's got extraordinary power at 130. He's, he's very good. Um, but there are a lot of things. There are still a lot of question marks around the tank. However, the dude, he's got superstar potential. I mean, Odell Beckham was at the fight. Like, the man had celebrities at his fight. Celebrities. So the, the community is watching. Um, but he's, he's got star potential. And he looked good. Yeah, and now he has options. So he's looking at the possibility of a Lomachenko fight, which he's been asking for for a year and a half. I interviewed him. Yeah, it had to be a year and a half ago. And he was like, I want to be on pay-per-view. And I want to fight Lomachenko. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, all right, already? He was like, I'll fight him tomorrow if I could. But he understands, you know, where boxing's going. Floyd's not committal to him void- fighting uh, Lomachenko anytime soon. But Floyd did mention him going and fighting Tenson and Rising. Tell me this shit's not going to be a thing around Floyd Mayweather. I mean, it's, it's to even put it in the atmosphere, like, I'm, I'm not even buying it. At all, I don't. Think I didn't buy Floyd. Yeah, well, Floyd's different. Like Floyd's retired doing exhibitions. Like there's something to gain because you know there's a lot of money in Floyd fighting there because they offered it to him. I don't think Tanks. He's not Floyd. To so fight exhibition fight, fight in Japan against Tension makes like no sense to me. And who's putting this together? Like when did Floyd become Tension's manager? <laughs> so I guess Ryzen's just like do whatever you want. See, I, I'm just not buying it. Because at a certain point, like, yeah, the Floyd Mayweather uh, loss may not have hurt Tenson, but another one to a boxer would definitely hurt. So I'm not buying none of this shit. Um, the whole Lomachenko thing, it's, it's kind of like Tank reminds me a lot of Canelo in the sense that Canelo was like, yo, I'll fight anybody. And well, people started calling Canelo a bitch because he didn't fight Triple G, but that wasn't up to Canelo. It was Oscar. Floyd's yeah. doing the same thing to Tank. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because Tank, I mean, he peaked, the show peaked at like 400,000 viewers on Showtime. That's not a pay-per-view fight bad. again. It's not no, bad. It's not bad. But it's like he's getting there. And yeah. Floyd, if, if nothing else, Floyd completely understands how to let a fight marinate until the public demands it and you squeeze it for all the juice that it's worth. So and then, plus you got to cross the street to fight Lomachenko. You got to deal with Bob Arum again. And you got to deal with ESPN. So it's like, for Floyd to say it, it's his business. Javante wants that fight. I'm sure he does. But I don't, personally, I don't think he's ready for that fight. No, the kid's 24. Level. Yeah, from a maturity level. And then the fight's not ready to be made. It's not like the biggest fight that can be made in boxing. Tank still needs, there's a bunch of people he could beat, he could attempt to beat up. There's Tevin <laughs> Farmer. There's Miguel Purcell. Machado just lost to Cancio over the weekend in a huge upset. Um, but there, there are things that he could do. Um, I mean, maybe a Mikey Garcia. Like, there's so many things that Tank could do, but man, like people are like, ah, oh, he needs a big fight now. No, nah, he doesn't. He's got some work to do. He's still mad young. He just be like the Abner Morris fight would have been perfect. Yeah, a veteran who has fought, who's been in the trenches against a guy like Leo Santa Cruz. That's a fight to prove yourself. Hugo Ruiz. That doesn't get you a Lomachenko fight. No, and he was trying. He was trying to take that next step. 
but you know injuries sometimes they stand in the way and then you mentioned the guy who i would like to see him fight next and that's leo santa cruz if santa cruz would go up to four pounds because i i think that'd be one hell of a fight santa cruz fights this weekend uh, against rivera and that's for a 126 pound title it's not out of the realm to be like okay i've been the man here for a second let me step up no not at all that's actually i mean it's a good fight you know it's all depending on what leo wants to do like if, obviously we expect leo to win this fight he could fight yeah. josh warrington he could fight gary russell jr who like fights once a year which is ridiculous because gary russell's extraordinary talent or he can move up like tank what has about options. a young guy like shakur stevenson who said he wants a belt at 126 he's get, he's going to get like a wb like look <laughs> Bob, Bob Aram loves Shakur, but you also have to protect the kid from himself. Like, you got to protect a lot of these kids from themselves because they're going to immediately want the best competition. But, like, Shakur, is a, I think he's an extraordinary talent. But, I mean, boxing is different, man. Like, people look at MMA and be like, well, Brock Lesnar got it. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Like, I mean, you like, look at, you know, the blessed era. Max Holloway, he was in there at 23, taking on all time greats. Uh, John Jones was young. You you look at Robbie Lawler, even though he caught that work when he was younger at some point. But I mean, you know, these guys did get those tests relatively young in MMA. And in yeah, boxing, Canelo did it. It didn't kill Canelo. Well, I mean, but see, Canelo was fighting Floyd. And there's too much money to pass up because Canelo was already a star. This just made him a superstar. Whereas a guy like Shakur, he's not headlining a card yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, He's not in that position to fight like an elite name. So he'll probably get some alphabet title. And but then he'll, he'll... losing a decision to Loma, how much does that hurt? A lot. Right now, a lot. Hell yeah. A 24 year old losing to the yes. top three, top two in the world? Yes, because it's not a pay per view fight. So you're losing on network television. So it's like, no. it's he like gets, he put... gets a hefty amount. He gets probably five mil from that, even no, if it's on network. He's not. But he's not look to put Tank in. It's boxing is different because to put Tank in there with somebody the pedigree of Lomachenko right now. Yeah. And uh, what I, what I say about Tank goes for a lot of fighters because we don't know if Tank is Adrian Broner or not. To be completely <laughs> honest with you, That's and I, and I don't mean that and I don't mean that in the way that um, Broner carries himself outside the ring. I mean in the sense like Broner was washing people at 130, but they weren't elite level fighters. When he stepped up, he got mocked, and it destroyed his psyche. It destroyed who he was as a fighter. Tank may not mentally be able to deal with a loss to Lomachenko, because if he loses to Lomachenko, it ain't going to be like, so I don't, right now, it won't be a close decision. It'll be Lomachenko out here trying to embarrass Tank, because that pedigree is completely different. It's an Olympic pedigree. The footwork, like, Tank is power. We ain't seen Tank hit yet. Like, we don't know how he reacts to that shit. We didn't see Loma so I mean, hit until he got folded a little bit and got his ass up and won. But Loma's a seasoned guy. Loma's arguably, not even arguably, he is the greatest amateur boxer of all time who has yeah. one loss on this record. Like, there's levels to this shit. And I'd like to see Tank fight an Adam Mars or Santa Cruz or Tevin Farmer or some of these guys before he fights Lomachenko. And, I mean, there's, what is the rush to make this fight happen? I don't know. I guess Loma's like what thirty. I mean, he's Loma's not, here. He's not old necessarily. And and, and what like there's there's not enough money in it for the two networks to meet and split the baby. 
That that's the biggest issue. It's ESPN, top rank, PBC, Showtime, and now Fox. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking hands to deal with. And it fights. Yeah, it's not. It's not big enough yet to make that fight. But it, more than anything else, like. I, I would be concerned if if Tank went down there and just got beat up by Lomachenko. I don't think he'd be the same fighter. And Loma turns 31 on Sunday. So, like, I mean, he has a couple more years in his prime. It, if they fought in three years, it would be the exact same time that Canelo fought Triple G. They'd be the exact same age. And I, and I could deal with that. Like, I could that like would two work. Years, yeah, two years, I think Tank, if he gets the right fights, he'll be fine. I give it like 18 to 24 months. I think the fight could happen. Yeah, now, but I don't want to see it at 140, 144. I, I want to see it at 135 because I want Tank to have that power. You know, the, the Broner problem is, is that by the time he started getting these huge world beater, you know, title champions, like all, all these guys that he wanted to fight, they, they were 147. And he was a guy who was great at 130. Like, you, you really got to face the best at lower levels, too, before you move up. So you can showcase that. Like Pacquiao, he fought some of the best on his rise. So we remember these highlight KOs and amazing performances because he still had his power. And then he pot-shotted people to death when he got to 147. Yeah, I mean, like, Pacquiao, was he was a seasoned talent. Pacquiao had a ton of fights already. He had already tasted defeat. So it was like when he when he hit his stride with Freddie Roach and he became a different fighter and he beat Oscar De La Hoya. But on the road to that was the fucking Morales and Barrera, the Barrera fight, which changed his entire life. Um, yeah. You know, like it was David Diaz, like he was just out there just molly everybody. <laughs> and he was but he was doing this to like legends like Morales and Barrera legends. Yeah. Tank is a fought like what 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 Broner was doing wasn't against anybody who would become remotely close to the Hall of Fame. No. Like in tank, his four like, division championships were uh, quite light on resumes. They don't look good, man. Like it just sounds good. You go, oh man, four division world champion. But look who he was beating. Like these guys weren't tough. Like instead, you know, like you don't want to see Tank go through that same situation. And then when you do step up, because look, Broner was a fat boy. He ate too much. He couldn't make weight. He had to go up. But he 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 ate too much, went up too high, and the power didn't translate. Tank is kind of in that same thing. I don't know if it has anything to do with how he eats or how his body is, is changing, but he's been struggling to make 130. Yeah. And in a year, he's going to struggle to make 135. His future is at 140 and up. Like, but who knows how that <sighs> power is going to carry? Like, he's yeah, not. The end no, up he's hurts. missed weight three times. Yeah, like, you, he's missed weight three times. And it doesn't matter the scale, it just becomes a trend, and then people don't trust you. So it's like you, I mean, people are trashing him on if you look at social media right now, look at Tank Davies. They talk about him not making weight, not being a professional. Maybe he was sick. I mean, everybody I talked to said he had he had a cold. He had a bad cold. He, he was, was sick like, a lot. He was sick on uh, that overseas one when he went to London. Yeah, and I mean it happens, but you have to make weight. But it's clear that he's struggling to make 130. It's clear. So he's got to figure it out. But I'm not ready for that Lomachenko fight. Not yet. Not 135. Is that sweet spot for, uh, we'll for Tank for now, I think. Um, yeah, we, we'll see. We're going to take a quick break, though. We're going to come back, preview UFC this weekend, and touch on a little bit of wrestling before we get out of here. You guys stay tuned. 
This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman, everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner promo code t-h-e-c-o-r-n-e-r terms and conditions apply all right we are back from break and it's time to talk a little bit of ufc so ufc 234 was last week and it was what dre said it was going to be a one fight card and i was okay with that everything else actually there was a ton of finishes it wasn't like it was boring and went to the judges so I got through it. People were finishing, uh, you know, fights. I was good with it. And what really put a damper on it, though, was Robert Whitaker getting injured the day. Well, it's technically the night before the main event, but it broke that morning. Is this his last chance? Do they have to strip him? This is oh, tough. I took man. a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough because Robert Whitaker, like I just talked about, it, like he's one of the best fighters in the UFC that nobody talks about because he his inability to stay healthy, and the hernia is, you know, it's nothing he could have done about it. You know what I'm saying? Like he couldn't. The hell is he gonna do? You know, he made he made weight. He did everything he was supposed to do and couldn't fight. Like I mean, you know, quite as quick. Kept Kevin Gaslam was dealing with like ringworm and some staff shit. He was trying to fight, but yeah, I think if Robert Whitaker. Is out for like eight months. You have to take the title off him. I think if he gets through the surgery, he's able to get back to training and fight in like July. Stay, he can stay champion. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see an interim belt either. Yeah, like I'm interim belts are dumb. As we've really they, they get handed out like candy to fights that shouldn't you know guys that shouldn't get interim titles. And then it doesn't matter because you go Kobe Covington is like I won the interim title and then you don't fight Woodley anyway because you're it's it's stupid. It makes it convoluted. But I think like oh man it's not his fault. Um but if he's out for a year, you gotta take the title off him. He has to vacate the title. No, I agree. I, I would strip him now. And whenever you're ready to come back, then you fight whoever's the champion. But there's no reason for for me not to see Style Bender versus Gastelum for that title in, let's say, May or June. Well, if Whitaker's healthy by then, then he fights. It's his How fight. healthy can you be when your intestines were just outside of your body? Well, I, yeah, I don't want to see you barely healthy. Like, that, it just doesn't sound good. I don't, I I don't mean, care if they say you can be ready in three to four weeks. Like, you got to train again. You have to weight cut when you just had an intestinal surgery. I, I got to see it for, you know, four or five months. I, I'm going to give him time to heal. There is no rush. You go chill somewhere. Let these two fight it out for the belt, and you come back. And my theory remains, whether you're a champion or you're the challenger, as long as you're in a title fight, 
you're going to get your big money. So it doesn't matter. We'll strip you of the belt. Your immediate return is a title fight. You're saying 500, 750, whatever K that is guaranteed is going to be there. Nah, I'm not with that at all. Why, why, why strip him? If, he could, if he's able to train and fight in July, then he should be defending he's the title. He's the belt once. Okay. And, and pulled out late several times. No, you get fully healthy. No, no, that's dumb. If he can't fight, like you, like he can't, you can't take the title off him now. Like right now, why would you take the title off him now? Because you have to let the other fighters prepare. You don't have for the fight, to do anything. Right? No, 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 you don't no, have, you don't to, have if, to do. If you're going to do it, so you you're gonna give him three months, or excuse me, like give him let's say eight weeks, two months to see how he heals if he's healthy. Then okay, then he starts the camp. Him and Gaslam are in July. If he's not healthy, then you have to tell Gaslam and Stylebenders to start their camp. They're fighting in July. When you can just tell them, okay, start your camps now, fight in May, and then fight Robert in August. So here's here's the issue. Robert Whittaker doesn't make a living, too. What's he supposed to do sitting on the sidelines? It's not like the UFC is He's supposed to not get hurt. No, 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 no. Guys that's get what hurt. he's supposed to do. But that, but this is what happens. This is the, but you get hurt, you don't make money. That's that's the name of the game. If, the if dependability is, is the best quality. Uh, if if this surgery is successful, and he's able to train and he's able to fight this July, he should still be the champion, because Adesanya and Kelvin Gaston have to go through the whole camp and figure that shit out. They probably wouldn't be fighting until July anyway, June, July. Anyway. Now we're in February. Exactly. You can give them three months, and it's May. May, February. June, July. So you have two. You have May, June, July, right? If Whitaker can make it back around that time, he should still be the champion. To take the title off of him right now is ridiculous because he did everything. Like he made weight. It gives me two fights. That's all I'm saying. It gives me two fights Why do you in need the same amount of time. Champion? Like, all right, here's, here's also the convoluted thing. Because he game. hasn't he hasn't defended the belt, Dre. That's why you need another champion. You shelved the belt for a year. Dude, other fighters have done the same thing. And we haven't and that shit's up. horrible then. Why is it horrible? Because, like, Kane, when he left, cool, you strip him. And I understand he had, like, four major injuries. Yeah. When you strip him, he came back, he fought for the belt. No harm, no foul. But you like, have like, another champion. Like, when Robert Whitaker fought Yoel Romero, it was a non-title bout. Was that Whitaker's fault? No, Romero, Romero didn't oh. make weight. Okay. So Whitaker was there, right? He was there he to fight. Was there. He was there. He's and, and, fought and, before. I'm not saying the man's was, never fought. No, but I'm just saying, like, he defended the title. It's been a year, right? It's been, it's been less than a year since that last title defense. Right? I think once you get over a year of inactivity, then you can strip him of the title. But this is going yet. to put him over a year. No, if he's re- if he's prepared and ready to go, when that year is up, and he has a title fight booked, he's still the champion. If the surgery comes back and he ain't ready to go, and there's like he can't come back to like December, then you take the title off. But find out how he's doing first. Dre, this is how the title has gone. July eighth, twenty seventeen, he won it versus Romero. Then he tried to defend it against Romero June 9th. 
after canceling, that's that's almost a year, June 9, 2018, after canceling two other fights, Luke Rockhold fight was canceled. Rockhold ends up getting knocked out by Romero. He finally comes back, beats Romero again on June 9, 2018. Now he gets hurt again after you let him recover for that fight. And you're saying he'll fight in July. That is one title defense every year. 2017, 2018, 2019. You've only seen this championship on your cards three times in three years. It got to go. Someone else so wants to come run with this. So what happens when Kelvin gets hurt in the, in the build-up to the Adesanya fight? Then they get... Oh, oh, what happens when Kelvin doesn't make weight? How about that? Then we d- we deliver when we get there. That that then no, no, you can we say don't that's deliver the sport. when we get there. But this Whitaker is a champion. He has beaten the number one contender. He has he not been out. Up. He has not been out of the game for a year to strip him for the title. Now, <laughs> Dre, he comes back in eleven months on it's perfect not a year. timing. That's it's incredible. <laughs> if you're going not, by the year rule, he makes it by the skin of his teeth. Okay. Like, why do you need, like, here's the convoluted thing. I need Kelvin my Gastel- belts defended more than once a year. That's what I need. Yes. Why? Because that's how you keep the divisions going. That's no, how you make why. pay-per-view money. Tell me why. Like, so If I'm trying to make wait, money, wait, I need no belts defended. So, so you, you only buy pay-per-views because there's a title fight on them? Or you, no, you, you but that's, that's how oh. they do it. Right? No, 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 I'm not lying. This is how they do it. Okay, That's but their then, marketing. How many, how many divisions do you have? How many divisions do you have? A ton, and they've been keeping this shit afloat. Oh, okay. Well, this champion so you, hasn't defended. So you can. <laughs> so you can I have book, a ton. So you can. Well, well I mean, so, so should TJ Dillashaw get stripped? No, he just fought for a belt, and he made it, and he fought. But he, he did. But he's holding up the entire division because he fought for a belt. Injury well, is he not fought, holding. Because your argument is to move the division along, but we're holding when up. When a guy gets injured chronically, wait, it's not chronically. How many injuries has Robert Whitaker had? He had to pull out the Luke Rockhold fight and this fight, and then they gave him eight months off to be healthy for this fight. No, and did, they, give, did they give him? Wait, did they give him eight months off to be healthy? Like, look, man, guys have defended titles sporadically for whatever reason, health or whatever. If you're saying that this fight needs to, like, you need to book these two to move the division along, that's bullshit, because Kelvin Gaslam could fight Adesanya for the number one contender, or Adesanya could fight Chris Weidman because he hasn't faced a real wrestler or grappler yet. Okay, or but, Zachary. Uh, number but one contender other- to what? When this he guy might come back and pull out again? Back. No, 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 you can't say that. A hernia is not something that Robert Whitaker could have protected himself against. Guys get hurt all the time. He Let's not act like everybody more than helps. No. Does he? Does at, he? At this point, yes. He's Does on he he's get, on Cain Velasquez dominant cruise pace. No, he's not. Come on. Come on. Like he just getting fought hurt, your, getting your hurt before he, fights and getting just, hurt during fight. Yeah, and then he broke his hand against Romero and took eight months off. What is what is that guy? He's still the champ though, right? So you're saying that the but guy who beats the guy gets hurt. Wait, the guy who beats the number one contender shouldn't be champ if he can't stay healthy, right? In a certain period of time. Yeah. So if it, I if I go out there and I beat, if I'm a world beater, if I'm a world beater and I can beat everybody, you mean to tell me you should give my title to some people who may not deserve it? Because Kelvin Gaslam recently lost to Chris Weidman. You yeah, start doing but this you know what? Then come back and take it back. You're fine. 
You didn't lose. You were to win, you're getting taken off of you because you want to, quote, unquote, move the division along when they can fight anyway. They don't have to fight for a title. Why are they fighting for a title? That's that's their model. So no, Style no. Bender is not going to make an event against Calvin Gaslam on a pay-per-view because there's no title there. Maybe he doesn't need to be on a pay-per-view main eventing. Maybe the, maybe the Gaslam-Adesanya fight can be on the undercard of a lightweight title fight. Why does that it have to title? No, John Jones doesn't pull out. I'm joking. So, I mean, but you know what I'm saying. But that, I'm saying that'd be a good card to put him on. It, it could be on a Khabib card. It could be on a Max Holloway card. It could be on a Dillashaw card. That fight doesn't have to main event shit. It doesn't. Like, you, you saying it moves the division along. There are so many fights to be made in the middleweight division to make to really shake this thing out. Because but let's be honest. have them headline a pay-per-view. They've headlined two pay-per-views in two and a half years. How many that pay-per-views division. has there been? How many pay-per-views has there been? 25 if you're going two and a half years. 26. And, and who has all defended these titles regularly? You have Daniel Cormier, who's done three, maybe four. You have light heavyweight, which John Jones had and DC had. So I guess some of those were DC. Who's the lightweight? Stipe champion? was going regularly. Who's the lightweight champion? Khabib? Khabib is lightweight. That, that division was a mess for a second because of Connor. But okay, Max what about, what about when Max Holloway was getting hurt? Yeah, and I believe they gave someone an interim. Not Max's no. interim. Who the hell had an interim before then? Khabib no, was an interim on no, his no, no. division. In featherweight, in featherweight, yeah. Conor McGregor was champion. Yep. Max was interim, right? Max won the title by beating Jose Aldo for the full title. Yeah, got Max hurt. got hurt. Didn't he get hurt? He got hurt twice, right? He had to pull out. Mm. He couldn't, like, he was supposed Once to was against Khabib? It was a Khabib fight? But they were supposed to fight Frankie Edgar. Yeah, that's, so that, that's just one pullout. But sure. So how, wait, wait. So how long did, was it between title defenses? I will look it up. <laughs> I, I will look it up. So you're saying we should have stripped Max, too, by my logic. By your logic, you should strip Max as well. I will tell you how long. I am telling you this. He's defended his title more than twice in the past two and a half years. Has he? I'm going to look it up right now. Google okay, takes go a ahead. second. Look, go ahead, listeners, go ahead and wait. Yeah, looks this up. Like, it's, it's coming. So uh, I won't count the Ortega fight, right? Or do you want me to count that? that Ortega fight's a title defense. Okay. So December 8th, 2018. December 2nd, 2017. June 3rd, 2017. So he went Aldo, Aldo, got hurt. Ortega oh. fought again. Oh. And then came back in one calendar year. So he has three title defenses in a year and a half. He won the title. He had to win the full title. So that's not doesn't count as a title defense. Okay, but the the title was defended three times in a year and a half. If you go back before then, he defended it or he uh, had an interim belt on December 10th, 2016 against Anthony Pettis. That's four times. In how much years. time, answer this, how much time was it between the Aldo and Ortega fights? One year. <gasps> and then so he, he fought three times in one year Wait, before that. So he should be stripped, though. It's not twice in a row, Dre. Do you no, understand? No, it's a year. This man it's is a year. fighting two and a half. He's it's fighting a year, right? twice in two it's, and a half years. Is it a year, though? 
It is a year. That's your logic. Wait, 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 wait. Was he healthy? He was hurt, right? Yes, that's once. Okay. So, so, once so be, I don't care. You're just saying it's a year. My logic I'm, is no. My logic is that he's done it repeatedly. This is repeatedly going on his right. third year. Wait, wait. How is it repeatedly when he just defended the title last year? Because he got injured before then and couldn't fight again for a year. Wait, but he fought Romero again. He he didn't get stripped with the Rockover fight, right? No. Oh, then he fought an overweight Yoel Romero, which he didn't have to do, right? At all. And he broke his hand. I don't care if he broke his hand. I don't, I don't care. He won, right? The number one, the clear-cut number one contender was Yoel Romero. Kelvin Gaslin yeah. is, is not even the clear-cut number one contender. He's ranked four right now, three, behind Jocker, well, you say not, by, behind Romero and Rockhold. He's not even the clear number one guy. Oh, not Rockholder, right? Behind yeah, Romero Rockhold, and Weidman. Rockhold. No. Oh, Rockhold. Rockhold. He's still that high? That's not bad. Yes. So if and he's he not moved clear, divisions like, too, so that shit don't even count. But the point is, is that he's not the clear. Like you could still shake this division out while you wait for Robert Whitaker to be healthy. If it exceeds yeah. a year, strip him. It's not. It hasn't exceeded a year because by your logic, they should have stripped Max Holloway because it was closing in on a year. It hadn't even been a year yet, but it was closing in on a year. It hasn't even closed in on a year. It just it, Whitaker had surgery. If Whitaker is unhealthy, if they deem that he can't train until yeah. after the summer. Then you strip him. But if he has the surgery and they say he can, he can fight. He can fight this summer. If he gets hurt, then then you take the title. And I just him. move his fight back. All I'm saying is one month, and we get two to two title fights in that time instead of one. And I just dislike interims because if why, not, I make that shit an interim give, and keep him a champion. But why are you getting? Why do you need to have a title? Like this is you talking. That's this is, their model. No, but this is you talking. The UFC is not mentioned stripping Robert, Robert Whitaker. You're saying this. That's what's best for the model they have set no, up. No. Have you they strip said it? him, and have then you make someone else a champion. But have they said it though? No, they. I, I, I don't yeah. know what they're I, thinking. I mean, I think I think my meeting. case is. I think my case is closed. Nobody said Robert Whitaker's getting stripped. You're pressing. I said they should strip move. him. Yes, because. It's best for their model. Not that they've said it. Not that they're considering it. Maybe they like him. Maybe maybe they're okay with the injuries. It's bad luck. They'll try it again. Whatever it may be. But the precedent they have set with they need titles to headline cards. They create interim titles out of the blue to headline cards. Did they do that? This is one where you should strip, give Adesanya and Gastelum the chance, and then push Whitaker back one month, probably from July to August. So if Adesanya and um, Gaslam prepare right now, they'll be fighting on the May pay-per-view for the Did belt. they do that to Max? That's then, all I want to know. Did they do it no, to Max? No, they didn't do it to Max. Okay. Max right. fought three times in a year and a half before that. Who cares? Did, did they do it to Max when he got hurt? Did they make Ortega Edgar in their title comparing the guy who's, who fought once in a year and a half before getting hurt this time to Max, who fought three times in a year and a half before getting hurt before this fight. But then he Do you got not hurt understand though, right? that? There's, there's no, 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 two but, different but fights. You're, but you're talking about the space. Like, we're talking about the space. I'm talking about the reliability. What, what, what reliability are you talking about? That's the bottom two line fights is space. 2016. Max has four since 2016. There's a difference. Okay. 
But why are you stripping him of the title if he can fight? If, if Whitaker can train, this he is can, all I'm saying. He can come back and fight a month later, no harm, no foul. And we what? get another title match. Why do you need a title match? Nobody's asking for this but you. I just explained how their model is set up. Trey. But, You're but acting like title yeah, matches aren't needed to headline these things. But they have like a thousand divisions, so they could do a title fight whenever they want to. Khabib's not fighting for the title. John Jones is there. A two month turnaround. He's out. Cormier is injured. He's done. You you keep. Where are we getting these championships? Holloway fought. Okay, Holloway can come back. Okay, then you're PJ looking. Dillashaw right. has to figure. Yep, Dillashaw right. can defend his belt. But if you put him okay. Cejudo rematch, two championships. That's April. But you're you're being hypothetical. So and, so and you have cards with two champions. Wait, wait. you can, you have Dillashaw. You have Cejudo. Yeah. You have Amanda Nunez. You have Rose Namajunas. You have Valentina Shevchenko. Those are all champions, right? Yep. Are, are those? So you're telling me Shevchenko's headline in a card? You could pair it with somebody if you really want to. Right. Like if you that, really want to go that route. Like if you're that's, talking that's about Pay Her and Strawweight is cold. me. Robert Whitaker would he be headlining this? Would he be headlining a pay per view if it wasn't in Australia? Right. Yes. Heavier weight sure? class is headline pay per views. Yeah. But, like you, you tell me Whitaker Romero, style bender or they wait, are wait, headline pay per views. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Whitaker, like, title fights don't always have, like, specific titles don't always headline pay-per-view. No, we see this. We see, what's his face? Uh, uh, I don't know why. I just blanked um, on my boy. But, you know, the welterweight belt, when, I, when it comes back to me. Uh, I mean, you're talking about Tyron Woodley, right? And Tyron Woodley. They're on the co-main for no damn reason. No, Woodley should true. be headlining. So you're, you're right in that regard sometimes when you should be headlining they still don't let you and they're co-maining for no damn reason they could have headlined in april or john could have took april and took some time off so but my point is if whitaker is if the heap gets done with the surgery and he's training and he's ready to fight if he because this isn't a broken hand this isn't a broken arm this is a surgery that they said hypothetically he can get back to training in eight to ten weeks so but if they say he can't then i say you strip him of the title but you don't even want to wait. I don't want to wait. I want to get two in for the price of one. Why? So we'll see. We'll see. We'll let the people decide. I, I feel like we both presented our cases. We'll let the people decide. Let's make picks for this weekend. UFC on ESPN in Arizona. I, to me, I have three fights I want to pick. So let's go down here. We'll, we'll see what Twitter says about our discussion. Uh, we have Jimmy Rivera versus Aljamain Sterling. Man, um, I want to really like Al but <laughs> I'm going to take Rivera, knocking his block off. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take Aljo. This is a tough fight okay. to pick because Rivera has had a hell of a streak, but I'm going to take Aljo. Okay, I'm taking Rivera to knock his block off, but I still like Aljamain. The stand-up just scares me. It's too many kicks. Like his hands still really. I don't know what he he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Um, let's see. We have Vic versus Felder. Felder. See, Vic had that like quick little hype. I'm, I'm gonna take Vic. Not me. Vic. Vic had a good run, but then got starched. I don't know. I think I think Vic comes back, and, and Felder's so good. It's my prediction is violence, but I'm gonna take Vic. Um, and Ganu versus Kane. I hate this fight. Um. <laughs> I'm going to say Kane, man, because oh, I, I think Kane this. doesn't fuck around. He just puts him down. Like, Nganu beating up Curtis Blades 
got him on the right track. But I still mm-hmm. think there's something wrong with Ngannou. Like, I think we knew exactly what Curtis Blaze was going to do, and Curtis Blaze doesn't really have great hands. So he just kind of walked into one. Kane's entry points are going to be completely different. And he's I'm going taking, to put Ngannou on his back. I'm taking Ngannou. I think the cage rust is going to be, be real. Um, I, I think Kane gets caught with one. I think Ngannou puts him out. And it, it's so weird because Kane, to me, is the best UFC heavyweight ever. But I, he hasn't fought enough. And this is the worst guy to get back in there with. He's fought Where's Travis Brown in the, in the past four years. It's like his only fight. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous fight. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't like the fight because of that. Because Ngannou does have one punch power. But if Kane puts him on his back, the fight's fucking over. Because Ngannou has but not... there's five rounds to stand up. But yeah, now the gas tank will That's be the drained. problem. There it is. Because like, like the, the Stipe fight, Ngannou had nothing on his punches after that. So no, Kane can weather the storm and, and, and that double leg. And like I said, he's got multiple entry points. Like he yeah. could take Ngannou down from any place. As long as he can stay upright for a round, I think he wins the fight. Yeah, I, I watched the DC versus Rumble fights to like kind of prepare for this one. I'm just like, damn, Kane can do the same thing. It's just survive that one big punch or dodge it. And once you get him on the ground, he might just quit and, and, and let you thing, sub him. The other thing is like, it's not like Kane is training at some whack ass gym. He's training with like Daniel Cormier. Like training he's with the heavyweight champion. Yeah, like he's training with guys like high level guys. So go, going into a fight, I mean, it's not much different than training against a guy, except for the fact that he's really trying to kill you. Yeah. Because I heard those guys at ATT just go hard anyway. So I think he, I think he'll be. I'm not really too concerned about the cage rust. I'm more concerned of if Ngannou does catch him clean. Like if Kane decides, hey, I'm gonna fuck around and do a little bit of stand up because Kane has good boxing. It's not C level. It's C level Kane at that. So yeah. If he plays around, he'll get caught. But I think I don't think he's coming there to play. I don't think he's coming there to make it pretty. I think he's coming there to just get get a win and get back on track. All right, let's pick Bellator before getting out of here. Uh, we're gonna do elimination chamber stuff, but we'll just recap it next week. I'm sure we weren't, you know, we won't be missing out on predictions. Um, so we have three fights. Well, two fights in Bellator. I want to predict first: Krokop versus Big Country. I mean, if they ain't testing Krokop, Big Country's going to die. <laughs> that's, I mean, Mirko, like, rising Krokop, that's a different Krokop. Have you seen yeah. what this guy looks like lately? No, so he I'm looks like Krokop. somebody's uncle right now. He pappy Krokop. It is, it is rough. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Big Country, I'm not the biggest fan of Big Country at this juncture. So, yeah, give me Krokop. Head kick. Just for for the culture, um, daily versus MVP. MVP, because daily th- really thinks the smoke and mirrors with MVP, and MVP is about to show him some shit. I'm gonna go with MVP. Yeah, I'm about MVP in this too, and I want to see the celebration. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, the celebration. So I would take MVP. I can't wait to see that fight uh, with Bellator. So I mean, that's. That's a packed weekend. We had a packed show. Dre, you're off to wine country to celebrate being a grown-ass man. Uh, Have a great weekend. You guys, we appreciate you guys listening to the show. Make sure you follow us at the Corner LSN on all platforms. Support us on Patreon. 
once again, every week we have a show on there. We're about to do a fan appreciation show as well for everyone who signed up for that. So we appreciate you guys. Much more to come. Going to be a fun, fun couple of months coming up. Tons of combat sports. So until next week, though, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.